What's up, everyone? Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. The Hounds head home from Detroit with a point in their pocket, and we are going to break it all down. Let's go! So the Hounds weren't the only ones heading home from Detroit. Josh, you were there. Let's, uh, as you, as you take an unofficial sip, we won't, we won't name the brand or, or label this the drink. A victory beverage. It is yes. just a regular beverage. <laughs> right. um, yeah, we, we took the trip to Detroit. I think it was around 30 of us. Um, I never did get like an official head count. Uh, but yeah, it was a bad drive there. The weather was not great. We actually had uh, one group of CRM members who got in a car accident. They're all fine. No one got hurt. Uh, but they were not able to make the trip. They were, were, I think, like right outside of Pittsburgh, if I remember. And then they got in a car accident. They're, they're the ones that had our flags and our drums. So, Adam Marks, hope you're okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I know you're okay, but hopefully your car's not completely totaled. Uh, when you when you started that story, I was like, you make this sound like like you left them behind, and like <laughs> not that you left them behind, but that's like what happened. Like they got in an accident, they couldn't go. That stinks. Yeah, it really sucks. And like, I'm sure, like. If they weren't, I got a feeling they were probably having to deal with a lot of, you know, insurance stuff and that kind of stuff. So they weren't going to want to come anyway. Like, and I, no one really knew for sure when we first saw the the image come out and Adam was telling us he was okay and like everyone's okay, uh, where exactly they were on the highway. I'm sure someone might have been able to come and swing them by, but yeah, probably not. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, so that happened, which really kind of put a downer at the, the beginning of it. And then we got into Detroit. It was actually really cool. Um, the Motor City Bar and Grill, I think it was called. That's where we end up uh, pre-gaming at. Everyone meeting up there. Talked to you know the staff there. They were awesome. We are talking about how that area we are in is actually uh, a lot of Polish immigrants and kind of like the similarities between that and Pittsburgh with Polish immigrants and like. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about pierogies and you know <laughs> just a lot of that kind of stuff. So that was fun. Then uh, yeah, headed into Keyworth Stadium. It's so like. When you think of uh, like English premier, not primarily, but like English, like second division, first division, I mean, like you think of like a stadium being like right next door to everyone. Like that is that like, like in a neighborhood. Yeah. Like legit, like we're walking through just like a regular borough, almost like in Pittsburgh and something like, oh, there's a small stadium and it's all like concrete and like just this concrete mass. And you walk in and it's like, okay, yeah, now we're in a soccer stadium. Um, so yeah, that was really interesting, really cool kind of feel. It's all like bleacher seating, very much like rugged look to it, but it was, it's intimidating. I mean, like it, I can imagine that place full, unfortunately, because the weather was so bad and it was cold. And uh, I think it's also like, I forget what else was going on in the city, but it was pretty much a, a lightly intended, uh, attended game, especially compared to like what you see in the images sometimes for Detroit. So, but I can imagine that place being full and it being kind of a, intimidating but yeah it was a lighter crowd uh, this time around so it wasn't that yeah i mean you can see it on the stream the yeah, yeah. The, the supporter section looks pretty good but then yeah. like the rest of it was kind of empty yeah i mean it's kudos to their fans I, we tweeted out a couple times just about the the entire I, I don't know if that entire side of the field is considered the supporter section, but like some of the things that they were all doing in unison and like the shuffling back and forth and like the chants and stuff. And like, 
you know, you'll get the Steel Army doing stuff like that, but I don't know if I necessarily get all of Highmark participating <laughs> in something like that. Yeah, so. I thought it was interesting that they they do a lot with uh, waving their scarves. Like there was no flag waving, which was different from us. Like we have a lot of flags that people actually will wave like during goals and that kind of stuff. But they didn't really hold flags. But they all had their scarves and they were waving them. And it reminded me so much of the terrible towel. That was mm. like, I feel like that's why we don't do it in Pittsburgh, in, at least for the Hounds, because like we're all like, oh, that's a Steelers thing. It feels like we're just like ripping off the Steelers. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there it's like very much like the terrible towel look, but with scarves. Yeah, I was I'm, I'm looking and I see that it's out of reach now, but I was originally going to start the show with my new Steel Army scarf and my shades on. And then I hey, totally there you didn't. go. But yeah, they came in. Um, <laughs> the kids have already tried. Like as soon as I opened it up, it was like, you know, rats feeding on like a slice of pizza. They just <laughs> like took it and ran out of the room. So I had to go around and funny that the first thing you and... go to to describe your kids are rats. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of like, there. what's a, I'm trying to think of like, what's a good example of, you know, I don't know, something that you like drop and then it disappears because they just like scurry in and take it and they run. And so, you know, it's yeah, rats was the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> Um, um, but yeah, so after the game went to a place called Barcade, it was a really cool, like Barcade. I mean, it was, we have Barcades around, you know, other cities and I've been to them, but this one was just literally just called Barcade and, uh, got third place on Joust in the, on the Joust machine. So that was pretty nice. good. Very nice. Another Very member, nice. uh, Bob, I think he got second place on the Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, pinball machine. So, yeah. So and they so take it seriously there. There's like legit like a scoreboard <laughs> up above, like written in chalk and tells you who's in first place on every single machine they have. So, I'll so not say, only did you get, get... go, did you get on the chalkboard in third place? No, unfortunately, they don't do the chalkboard for anyone but first place because it's so many machines there. They just have first place on every machine. Mm. You know, we were trying to leave I'm, our mark as far as that. I'm goes. Looking up what Joust is now. You never heard of the game Joust? I've heard of it. But I, right. I don't know what it looks like or like how to play it or anything. That's cool. All right. So why explain it, Josh, for those who uh, who haven't. Do people really care about the arcade? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. It's Listen. a very, very old arcade game that you are riding a bird and you're jousting with other people who are riding birds. And you just have to like essentially be right above them to, to you know, win the joust. And it's waves and waves of enemies after that. That's about as good as I can get as a description. I'm like Look watching up, GIFs mouth agape as you, uh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, well, good. I'm glad that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the Steel Army was there. I'm glad that uh, you guys had a good time um, and got to experience Mike, what, it. What do you think about it on the stream? Like about the Detroit? Yeah. I mean, basically everything that Josh said was sort of the feeling that I got. I, you know, there was some conversation about the the actual size of the field and it sounds like what happened there was it used to be a full i think two feet shorter width wise than it is now and so they basically had to hurry up and paint some lines on and they're waiting for the weather to get better so that they can actually like make them permanent and remove that second line towards the camera side at least um but it's tight, man. Like, oh, yeah. I, I was like, you know, where are players going to warm up? Like, even when you're <laughs> taking throw ins, like the bench is on the field. Like you there's like no room. So I I think Josh, you used the word intimidating. Like, that's what it it looked intimidating. Like the fans are right there on top of you. It's it felt like like an old game of like street ball almost where it's like fences around you and like there's no out of bounds. You just keep going. 
And yeah, I get in the wind. I mean, the wind was crazy where like balls would just stop in midair. Um, yeah. At one point I remember I looked over as the wind was like really blowing. And that was actually one thing I felt really bad for the Detroit supporters section because like they were facing the wrong direction. The wind was like hammering them. Uh, <laughs> we were on the other side of the field and like the, the stands were essentially blocking the wind for us. So it wasn't yeah. a, the wind wasn't an issue, but like I looked over to my left and behind the goal, uh, I saw like a, one of the like canopy tents, just like, one, like three legs off the ground and one leg, like people holding on to it for dear life, like keeping it on the ground. I'm like, and it's like blowing. I'm like, I'm like, that's about ready to blow away. And that might blow yeah. onto the field. Like it was behind shipping containers, but yeah, I thought for sure that thing was going to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of shipping containers, they have like a whole bunch of shipping containers behind the goal, uh, on one side. And, uh, Tuffy was actually in one of those shipping containers. He, uh, oh, really? he made the trip. Yeah. Uh, Tuffy nice. made the trip and, uh, I believe him and his son, I think were in one of the shipping containers, uh, watching the game. So, Maybe That's taking awesome. some notes about what to do with the shipping containers and how they're, how yeah. they're uh, you know, set up there. <laughs> I gotta give it. I gotta give a quick shout, Tuffy, if you're listening. I think I may have saw you in Ligonier at Wildfire Bread on Friday. There's this place <laughs> in Ligonier that is open for four hours a week, not a day, four hours a week, because of this this oven that they have, and you have to like pre-order the bread, and like there's this window where you can go pick it up. And I pulled in, and I saw this truck pull out, and like dude stopped and was like eating some pretzel. I'm like, that kind of looks like Tuffy. And then as it pulled away, it had a hound sticker on the back. Oh, I was like, okay. I think that was Tuffy. So so just yeah. know, Tuffy, if you ever mess with this club, <laughs> we know where you get your bread. We, we know where you get your bread and pretzels. That's we right. We can find you. <laughs> um, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about the game a little bit. And there's a new game here I want to play that uh, before we get too deep into the weeds. So... For those who didn't watch, which who are we kidding? Everybody watched. The Hounds ended up drawing 1-1 against Detroit. They got a goal from Dequa. Um, a lot of shakeup in the lineup, which we'll talk about here a little bit. Um, really, the, the the team lined up in like a 3-4-2-1, but the average position was more of a 4-2-3-1. So going with sort of a four-man back line, you had your two holding midfielders with uh, Griffin and Ibarra, and then the three... Uh, midfielders that were sort of attacking were three new faces in those positions um, so far this season. Danny Rivera, who is back, which is awesome. Russell Ciceroni was playing as the 10. And then Wyatt Borso, um, you know, our high school wonder kid, uh, was playing off that right-hand side. And then up top was Albert Dequa. Um, and so we didn't have um, Dane Kelly. Uh, Kenny wasn't starting. Um, no Alex Dixon, no Sims. Uh, it sounds like uh, there are a couple injuries that uh, that the team was facing. Kevin Silva was in goal, not Vosvik, so new goalie. Um, whole lot of changes going on, um, guys. Any sort of like like top level takeaway, Kev? You saw the lineup. What was your immediate thought? I mean, my my immediate thought was one of shock. I mean, to see. Kelly and Dixon and Forbes not starting. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but I mean, and you know, you said brief top level, be brief and top level. As soon as the game started to get going, I mean, I thought, I was like, okay, yeah, no, I get it. And you know, it, it wasn't just a lineup change either. It was a formation change that seemed to be directly in response to what Lily thought Detroit was going to do. Um, and you know, for the first half, at least, I think it worked really well. Josh, when you guys were in the stands and you saw the lineup, 
what was your reaction? Yeah, I think we were actually about ready to start walking over from the bar to uh, the stadium. And it's like, uh, everyone's like checking their phones, seeing the, the lineup announcement. And it's like, oh, oh, oh. Like it was just <laughs> pretty much everyone just like, wait, what? Why? I, if, I mean, I guess we should have kind of expected with Lily. Like you don't really ever know for sure what you're going to get as far as like right. the lineups go. And uh, this was definitely that case. And <laughs> I, I do agree, though, with Kevin that when the game got started in that first half, I definitely was like, okay, you know, I was very concerned, but it seems to be working. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, you know, I, th- I think one of my big questions coming out of this is, you know, is it the case where Lily potentially was looking past Detroit and trying to give some guys minutes or was it trusting our depth and really trusting these guys and saying like, I- I'm going to play you in any game and you're going to get minutes and that's that. So, um, we are going to play. Go ahead, Kev. I don't think he was looking past the game. I, I, I really think that like the players that he rolled out against the opposition that we were playing, I think once the game got going, you know, like I don't have the resources that he has or the coaching staff has about, I mean, it's mainly time. I guess I can go back and watch Detroit, but like I haven't watched Detroit. I don't know what they do. Um, and I think when you take that into account, knowing that it's going to be, you know, a hostile environment, windy day. I mean, I don't know how much he's taking weather into account, but, um, and, and how Detroit play, I think all of a sudden then it's, it starts like, I get it. It, it makes sense. Like how we need, we need to play, you know, we're not, we're going to, we're going to need outlets. We're going to need, you know, width and resources on the, on, on, on the wings. And so, yeah, I, I think, I don't think it was necessarily saying like, ah, I'm not taking Detroit too seriously and I'm going to rest, you know, our quote unquote bigger hitters. But um, I think it was, I think it was just, you know, the best team you can think about of, of how to particularly respond to Detroit. So I, there's a lot of takeaways that I have for this, but before we get too far into it, we're going to play a new game called what did Lily think? So <laughs> after the game, Lily spent three minutes providing his thoughts on the game as he saw it. So Kev, I'm going to start with you. What do you think Lily thought at the end of this game? Um, I think he probably would have said the first half was probably the best we've played all season. Um, I think he'll probably say that like, yes, it was another step in the right direction, but still a long way to go. Um, I think he'll probably talk up, the performance of the team, especially some of the new guys that kind of came in for the first start of the year. Um, and uh, yeah, on a high level, I think this will probably be the most positive he's been while still admitting, obviously, that there's a ton of work to do. Josh, do you think that Lily's going to be positive or negative or somewhere in the middle? So what's usually the way Lily goes is if we win a game, he's negative very negative if we lose a game he's positive <laughs> or he's and so telling... we we drew so where exactly did, where did i i still think though this draw is more of a negative so i think he's probably going to be more positive than negative uh that would be my assumption uh but yeah i i, I yeah that's probably it I'm more closer to what kevin said but not maybe not quite as uh, ecstatic Okay, let's let's listen to what Lily had to say, and then we'll get into breaking that down and talk about our takeaways. 
We're, we're, we're forcing certain balls. I mean, look, we had, we had some, some good moments through the midfield and some good moments of possession uh, as a group. I think it was our most consistent performance over the 90 minutes. You know, I'm a little disappointed. We, we broke their midfield line a lot and, and, and didn't end with a chance and some opportunities. The cross or the pass wasn't good enough and the, you know, the quality was lacking a little there, but some of the build-up play was quite good. Uh, our defending was very, very good in the first half. Not as good in the second half. They were able to, to get in behind us and get a lot of service. Um, it's tough. I mean, we played pretty well. I, I think uh, certainly Detroit deserves credit for, for putting a lot of balls, dangerous balls, into our box. Uh, we dealt with it pretty well. Uh, tough to, to think that is ever a penalty. I just think, you know, the, the, there had been some shots earlier, and, and it's, it's tough to to see that, that there's no danger, there's no, it's two guys coming together and the player goes down. It's a tough way to give a goal, but we, I just said to the group, you know, they changed the momentum in the second half after the early stage of the second half, they started to become more and more dangerous and we needed to <clears throat> be a little bit more stout defensively, get a little bit more pressure, not sit so deep. And, and we were we started to react to the game rather than get on the front foot and um, you know sometimes that momentum changes and there's balls are bouncing around and, and, and things happen that you don't want to happen so for me it's just if we could have held our our intention a little bit longer to, to try to get that second goal and not try to sit you know, and, and I think uh, was there for us. It feels a little like we let some points get away, but like I said, I think overall it was a it was a more complete performance. And you know, we had some guys out as well that likely would have would have been important for us in this game. So um, overall, some good performances. We'll look at the tape. We'll try to get better for next week and hopefully get a, a win next week at home. So there you go. I think that that checked a lot of the, uh, you know, if you were playing the, the Lily bingo game at home, you either have bingo or you will have drank like a few times. Talked about <laughs> pretty consistent. Didn't really mention anybody by name. Said we missed some guys. Lamented the, the pen at all. Um, anything in that that surprised either of you that he said? Uh, for me, at least, I, he well, he kind of said two things that contradicted a little bit. So most consistent we played was in there. But then also we fell off in the second half. Um, so like it, it felt like because that was I was waiting for him to say like the first half was great. The second half could have used work. And he kind of did say that. But he also said, you know, it's one of the most consistent, you know, games we've had. It's like, mm, OK, <laughs> yeah. Kev, anything there that uh, you weren't expecting to hear or maybe you you knew that you got dead on? No, I mean, not really. I mean, you know, he at the end he, he said he thinks it was a more complete performance, which, 
I mean, yeah, I mean, look, you can, depending on how you want to take it, like Josh kind of mentioned, it's like, well, if you're lamenting the second half, then maybe it's not a complete performance. But I, I think I get what he's saying. I think they're, yeah. as, as a unit, you know, I, I think it probably was a more complete performance, especially in a situation where, you know, I mean, going, changing, changing how the kind of relationship between player to player on the field changes from going simply from like three at the back to four at the back. It's a big difference, like, you know, as far as like how the players need to be moving off of one another and, and filling in the spaces that they need to fill in. And I felt like they handled that really well, really quickly. I mean, usually if, to me, that's something that takes time to get to know your players a lot more. And um, so, yeah, no, I mean, nothing, nothing too out of, out of the ordinary, I think, from, from what I took from that. I think one thing that sort of crossed my mind, not from hearing what he said, but from watching the game is, I, first of all, we, we, we shouldn't, you know, dog too much that we, we went away and we got a point and that's fantastic. I think our expectations for this team are super high. And so in a game like this where you're up one nothing so early in the game, I think that you just sort of expect like, okay, we're the better team. This is fine. We, we should just finish this off. So I think there's a number of things in that um where i do feel like the team is still missing a bit of that that bite that that finishing edge where it's like if you're the better team like just don't let them hang on the ropes just finish them because again josh we said this last week where last week's game felt like it was going to be a tie like it felt like a classic hounds tie and the longer this game won on it felt like another classic hounds tie and it's just like just go for it but he mentioned specifically you know how we were so good in the first half and in the second half they started to come on one of the things that i noticed i don't think that lily got out coached like i think some people online were suggesting that like detroit came out at halftime and just sort of like figured us out i don't think that's it at all i do wonder and Lily is a far superior tactician to, to me in all regards. <laughs> but it seemed like when we put Kenny on and pushed Ciceroni further up the field, we went, we had one guy up top in Dequa and we sort of had the midfield a little bit more crowded. When we started going for the second goal and we had Ciceroni and Dequa up higher and only Kenny in the midfield, that was when Detroit started to dominate the midfield a little bit more and they started to get more pressure and it took Ciceroni and Dequa basically out of the game. Um, and I'm wondering if that, I don't want to call it a mistake, but I wonder if that was maybe a misjudgment of how Kenny could ultimately impact the game. I, I think it makes sense. It's like, oh, you need more offense than, yeah, you put USL all-time assist later in and push Cicerone further up the field. And like, yeah, that just makes sense. But I wonder if that wasn't somehow playing in Detroit's hands just a little bit um, and giving them a little bit more opportunities with the ball. So I think, I mean, for me, the Kenny move would have made sense to me if it was less of a we're explicitly trying to chase a goal and more of a we need to get control the game again um and it just yeah it didn't really materialize um so much in that way um you know i think before in the first half i mean i think i don't know i think the second half was kind of a combination of you know we didn't continue to up our game throughout the 90 and detroit got better um like i I, I was kind of shocked at the first 20 minutes, just how much, just how easily like Detroit was giving away the ball. Now, I mean, we, we would put ourselves in a lot of really good positions. I'm, I'm thinking of one in particular. It was probably around like, I don't know, 
right before the decal goal, um, where Rivera is higher up the field. And the Detroit player, it, he just looks, in the, I don't know, the moment has taken him and he's slightly intimidated. He says he just passes it right to Rivera. Like Rivera doesn't even have to like stretch out. And then we go on the counter and we don't, we don't get it. So I think, I think we benefited from Detroit just being a little like, okay, you know, we're playing a good team here. And then I think, you know, as the game goes on and they get more comfortable and, you know, they inevitably, inevitably get better in the second half. So, yeah, I mean, and so I think the thought going back to the Kenny substitution, I mean, I, the thought of I think it's a good thought of saying, oh, we need to get more control of the game. So therefore, Kenny's the solution or something. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it was going to be really hard to, you know, what? I, looking at the stats, I don't think we finish with more possession. Like even at the, even in the first half, I think we didn't have the the lion's share of the possession. So, you know, I, I like Detroit really wasn't going to let us play a calm, controlled possession game um, unless we really were good at it. <laughs> and so, you know, the Kenny, I think maybe the Kenny substitution in that way, Mike, like you were kind of saying, might have backfired a little bit just because maybe it just wasn't the right switch to try to get more control um and we ended up just looking a little a little, a little light in midfield yeah um you mentioned Rivera like I got a huge man crush for that guy like came in looked good um he was dancing yeah, around was some crazy. players um further up the field than I think we've seen him thus far like he started off as a wing back and then we sort of saw him as a slightly kind of pinched inside holding mid and now he's like attacking mid and it'll be interesting to sort of see where he fits in once we have the likes of Dixon and Kelly and all of these guys back. I thought him and Borso were actually pretty good, you know, like yeah. combination. Like I don't want to see, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe, <laughs> but I was going to say, I don't, I don't necessarily want to see them both at like wing back Rivera. Sure. But Borso, I don't want, I don't want like Borso to have to like have to defend back there by himself. So it's good that he had wheat behind him. Um, but uh, I thought both of them, you know, created chances, had some good moments. Um, so yeah, yeah. no, I, I thought Revere played really well. I made a comment that like you could sort of tell that it was Borso's first game. First of all, our goal was set up after I think it was across from Rivera that Borso headed just wide. The keeper swept it wide, which led directly to the corner kick that Dequa put in. So like shout out to Borso for for having a huge hand in that. And you know, this I think another this, set piece goal too. Another set piece goal. Yeah, exactly. Oh, nice. Um but uh, yeah, I mean, for his first game, it's not. It's, he got some minutes last year, but it wasn't a lot. I don't think this was his first significant time. There were a number of times that you could tell that he felt more comfortable playing the ball backwards, and I think that there were other flashes where you would see him go forward. And I think the more minutes he gets, the more confident he's going to be in sort of pressing things forward a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I agree. Overall, good showing for both of them. Um, for the first I would say, so, I think some of the time, I think going backward was probably the right call. Like I think, especially in that kind of game, so. it's never the right call, Kev. You always go forward. <laughs> always go forward. <laughs> A little side note too. I thought, um, you know, just I feel like I have to bring this up because I was maybe I wasn't harsh on him. I was just stale on him what? before. You? Uh, but no, harsh? yeah, I know, right? Uh, I thought he borrowed. I was really impressed with Ibarra in this game. I thought him and Griffin were, you know. You know why? The... Do you know why you liked him? Because he I? played with some bite. He he was flirting with a yellow <laughs> yeah. card the whole game. That's why you yeah. liked him. Well, and True. he was just, 
he just he was just a really good all around. I mean, I think on top Danny of Danny Earls, baby. I'm, 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 I'm seeing there there's a moment, I think it was early on, where he like creates a chance. I mean, like that that's something that like I don't remember him doing in the first game. I, I remember him sitting way back, away from the attack and just breaking everything up. And in this game, he it felt like he had a lot more confidence to go forward, to press, to step into holes, to close down players, and like linger and find the, a pass that creates a chance. And so, yeah, I thought him and uh, Ibarra and Griffin, I thought I had a pretty good game. Griffin rocking the armband, too. Kudos to him. Um, yep. Just you know, continues to show what Lily thinks about him. Um, yeah. Did he switch it off when Forbes came on? He did. I, I yeah, thought he, he did, yeah. That's Forbes. what I thought I saw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he knows his place. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> One of the other things that I thought was interesting that I started to, to pay more attention to up until the point when Kenny came on was that we had Ciceroni essentially playing as that number 10 creative attacking midfielder um, in a slightly different position than Kenny typically is just because of like how we lined up. But it was interesting to me to try to look and see like how do the two of them play the game differently and how could that potentially benefit us in the future and the way that they go about it and it's really interesting because i feel like when kenny gets the ball it's like head up and he's facing the goal looking to spray stuff out in all directions and the number of times that ciceroni was coming back to the ball and intentionally flicking it down the middle to runners that are making diagonal runs behind him he just seemed to have a little bit more flair i don't want to say it was more effective than kenny um but there definitely were some differences there. And I think we may see more of that in the future and to see them both sort of interchange in that position could be really interesting depending upon the team that we're playing. Cause you could set up thinking you're going to have Kenny and then you have somebody like Ciceroni come in who plays it completely differently. Your the goal is the same, yeah. but the process is completely different. So, so do you, either one of you, do you, you think Ciceroni had a good game then? I, I, I kind of didn't get that feel in the moment. But I, I, maybe it's because he was playing a different type of position. So, like, I was expecting something different from him. Yeah, I mean, I think what we're used to is not him with his back to goal necessarily. He's the one making runs between the lines, and that's not what was happening here. Yeah. He was making runs across the line to get the ball and then to try to feed Borso and Rivera and Dequa behind him. Um, so I do think that I prefer him. Uh, you know, in his position that we've seen in the first two games as sort of that second forward making runs. But, you know, there was enough there that I think it would be worth exploring against some other teams in the future. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, it you know, well, we'll get to, <laughs> we'll get to, um, let's get to it now. Why not? I keep, I'm like, well, we got Before you do that, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I want to make my comment on Cicerone. I, I agree with almost everything you said. I, I think he had a good game defensively. I thought okay. he was kind of what we needed as far as some energy and some, yeah, closing down the Detroit players and putting in a shift that way. Um, yeah, I, yeah, he didn't have, I don't think he had a great game offensively. I thought he was a bit wayward in his passes. He wasn't getting in the positions that he he has been, but that's because he's playing a different position. So, yeah, it, it, it was a bit awkward, I think, for him in that position, but I thought he was pretty good defensively. Fair. Um, Luis Argudo came on in the second half. So he was announced as a new signing this past week. We sort of knew about him all the way back in the preseason. He was coming from um, 
I guess essentially Columbus. He was in Columbus. He went to, I think, Sweden. Now he's back in the States. Um, played substantial time for a Columbus crew. Um, came in and, you know, I was telling Josh off air, I never realized this. Maybe they added it this year. Maybe it's always been there. If you go to the USL champion site um, and uh, you go into the game notes, you can actually compare players. You can just pick like two players on either the same team or either teams, and it'll compare their stats side by side. Likewise, you can compare teams um, in the uh, standings page. But just for kicks, I was like, you know, Argudo came on and really he seemed to bring a lot of energy and, and seemed to try to get stuff done. And when you actually compare the stats, he played for basically 16 minutes. Ciceroni was on for 74. Their stats were almost like identical. Um, and, you know, Ciceroni played basically three to four or five times as much as he did. Um, so again, that's not a knock on Ciceroni because they were both playing in different positions. Argudo came in and was basically playing the Ciceroni role that we had seen in the first two games. Um, but it does make you wonder, like, moving forward, if Kenny is out again and we need somebody to play that number 10 position, is it a Ciceroni or could it be an Argudo or could it be somebody else? Um, but regardless, I thought, I thought Argudo looked good and, like, made some stuff happen. And again, like you start to look at this lineup when it's healthy and it's like, crap, like how do we get all these guys on the field? <laughs> and so, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I don't know. Josh, what did you think of Argudo when he came on? No, he seemed like it, I really liked what I saw. Um, he seemed to be doing good. It's, it's definitely in a situation where like this game, it's kind of unfortunate, like when he came on, cause at that point, you know, we're, we're down and it's kind of just, you know, you want more life in the game. And we had that moment where we had like what three subs all in a row. Yeah. Uh, all at once. And it's just like, all right, kind of like a whole line change. Let's go. Let's, let's, you know, get some more, you know, uh, speed and attack going. And it, it didn't work out. So, <laughs> so despite him actually looking good, it was just, it didn't have the desired effect. So it's kind of harder to get that feel. Um, but yeah, that's my personal thought on it. Good, but uh, wasn't obviously didn't do what we needed to do <laughs> with that right. line change. Kev, what'd you think? No, I mean it's a lot of the same thing. I mean, yeah, he he wasn't on there a long time. Uh, hard for me to make a, a judgment on him. Um, but I, yeah, I would say I guess throwing it back to both of you. I mean, like Mike, you already mentioned like the the challenge with with depth or anything. I mean, like what do you do going forward? I mean, I I think what if I'm guessing we might have a conversation about like potential injury problems that we don't know about or we do know about i don't know um but like you know <laughs> no, I, I love i love how you made look, it sound like we don't know but like we probably do no, look, no, let me put it this way like when i say stuff like that like i am the out of the three of us i am the most disconnected from anything like for, for the audience like i roll up two minutes before we start recording I don't, doesn't look at the agenda doesn't, doesn't look at look anything at agenda. Just, like yeah. so i genuinely don't know <laughs> so, um there's no leading to that whatsoever um but yeah i guess like where you know what do you think i mean it feels like in in, in those positions we're already we're already you know kind of heavy so I, I i just i don't know how much you know uh, honestly, what, what kind of shakes out and you know, as we as I started talking about Arguda, I was thinking to myself, like, if you asked me to pick our best starting eleven right now, I don't think I could because I'm ultimately going to leave off somebody 
that I'm going to be like, but they should really be on the field. So, well, like, and, I, and Deke was going to come in and say, look, hey, I started against the yeah, and I scored. And like, with, with, I scored without Kenny behind me, without Dixon, you know, yeah. me or whatever. You know, so, I mean, he's going to have a claim. So, yeah, I mean, it's. I thought Deke played well, too. <laughs> I, I mean, I think we might not know what that starting lineup is, but we, we know probably Dixon's on it. We know probably Dane Kelly's on it. So, like, there's something to be said about, you know, the, the missing pieces for this game. Like, we can kind of see that these players, would they have made a difference in this game? I think they would have. Like, yeah. Dan Kelly makes a difference no matter, you know, what yeah. you're playing. <laughs> so, like, had to be on there. Well, and, like, no, knowing now that, um, you know, I, I, I still get the hunch that this kind of 4 2 3 1, 4 4, 1 1, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, you know, I feel that that was a kind of direct response to Detroit. Time will tell whether or not this Lily feels like this is more of kind of like a baseline uh, vanilla template that he can apply. If it if that is the case, you know, knowing that he has this in the, in the, in the back pocket, knowing that the players can play this formation while still staying in the same system, you know, that does then leave open the opportunity to have Kelly up top with you know, a three behind him of Cicerone, Forbes, and, and Dixon, you know, with Ibarra and, and and Griffin holding and then a back four. So, you know, that's – and all of a sudden you're not putting square pegs in round holes and, you know, everything kind of works. So, yeah, it's – that's kind of, you know, appetizing to, to think about. Yeah, I'm not, um, you know <sighs> – it's tough because I, I was going to bring up a topic and I, I, I feel like it's probably really premature, but I'll, I'll just sort of like plant the seed. What I really hope is that, and I don't think this is the case, but what I really hope is that we don't have a bunch of players who are like B plus players that are all battling for a spot, but we don't have too many of those like a A plus players that are going to take us over the top. So, Kev, you just sort of mentioned, okay, if you have Kelly and Forbes and Ciceroni and Dixon, that's four right up top. You imagine we're at least playing three at the back. So there's seven, and then you have a keeper, and that's eight. So that leaves three positions where you're trying to fit in a Ibarra, a Griffin, a Rivera, a Argudo, um, a Dequa. Like, you have all of these guys that are going to be battling 30 spots. I think that's ultimately a really good thing because it should push everybody to be better. But at the same time, how many of those guys are going to come off the bench and make an immediate impact versus be a like-for-like like replacement? And that's just not what I'm sure. What you saying? Sure. What like sub, subs being a drop-off? Or no, no, no. I'm not saying subs being a drop-off, but I'm saying that like subs not not bringing anything that is significantly different enough to mm. make an impact on a game um you don't have like i would i would argue coming into the season that dane kelly is considered sort of an a plus player because of his pedigree and i would say that kenny is somebody that could turn a game on its head but like beyond that you know i love danny griffin but like if you put any barra is it is is like is there any anything you gain from that or are you actually just losing because Danny's coming up. They're good. They're both really good players, but like, I don't know. I don't know the point I'm trying to make. 
I'm, I'm going to come back to this in like six weeks and then just be like, I told you, I told you guys <laughs> in week three, that's what it was. Uh, yeah. Speaking of uh, like B, B plus players and you know, that whole conversation. Oh, what a setup. What is he going to uh, say? <laughs> <laughs> Who are we talking I, about? Silva. Okay. I, I don't, the keeper situation in this game, I feel like was very weak uh, as far as hounds go. The whole well, you want like, him to save a pen because no, it's not, it's not that. <laughs> it's, it's actually every Boss single time. I'm just <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just saying. Just saying. Yeah, I'm no, saying. it's not that. It, 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 it was a windy day. I get that, but like he kicked the ball out of bounds pretty much every single time he long kicked the ball. Like it was like every single time it was just like, oh, he's gonna kick the ball and it's out and it's out and it's out. So like it's windy. You know, it's windy. Maybe. Don't yeah. you know sky the ball and like yeah. let the wind catch it and like maybe you pass it on the ground. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I just felt like that was a situation where it was a predictable situation. As soon as he like battles for that ball, he gets it and then suddenly he kicks it out and it was annoying. <laughs> In the stands, could you hear like Lily? She'd be like, Jesus Christ, like every time <laughs> the wind was blowing the wrong direction, so we actually couldn't hear Lily, surprisingly, because the wind oh, okay. was blowing like like I, I'm maybe actually the um, Detroit supporters could hear him <laughs> the way the wind was blowing, but yeah, uh, it was just a, a frustrating situation. Like every time he got the ball, it was like, "Come on, don't up, oh, he's guided it up, oh, it's out." Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he'll probably get some more chances, right? Just from how Lily, yeah, rotates. Like, it, well, and I mean, we signed another keeper this week, and uh, and you know, word on the street, um, thanks to our buddy Steve who was at practice, said that you know we may or may not be open to to looking at other keepers as well. So we'll have to just sort of wait and see. And for those who missed it, Steve was at practice and talked to Russell Ciceroni before the game. So make sure you go check out the podcast and listen to Russell's thoughts heading back to Detroit. That was really good. Um, We've got a number of things in the works with Steve, some of them that I think are going to be really unique and uh, and fun and cool. And you're going to want to stay tuned for that because I'm pretty excited. And it, it, takes a lot for me to get excited about something and so just stay tuned steve you know just sort of teeing you up there um pittsburgh uh sports all time or all the time sorry said uh first time watching the podcast what are your guys feelings on the relationship with 22 the point broadcasting every game um kev i'm guessing you did not watch on 22 the point because it just isn't available in tennessee and uh And Josh, I think it's there. cool. That's, a, that's about as much as I can say. I think it's cool. Well, here's what I will say. So, um, you know, the game is broadcast on 22 The Point, but it's the exact same game that's broadcast on ESPN+. Plus. It's the yeah. exact same feed. So, like, I think that it's cool that we have a local station that is willing to cover the Hounds. I think it's sort of the first step in... We've talked about this before in terms of expanding the reach of the Hounds it's great when they were on like YouTube or like even ESPN plus, but that very much means that as a fan, you have to seek that out. You have to know the game is on and then you have to go and find it. Whereas if it can be on local stations, it's more likely that somebody's going to stumble upon it and go, Oh, what is this? Especially something like 22, the point local that may carry other teams. And so I think from an exposure standpoint, I think it's great. Um, once again, the announcers, like, you know, there was a lot of comments about how it sounded like they were in a bus station and like there was lots of static and you could actually hear like the ref 
Um, <laughs> anytime there's a yellow card or something like that, they must have had like some sort of CB radio or something sitting right next to the mic. And they'd be like, Psh, uh, yeah, yellow card to Mark Ibarra. And they'd be like, oh, that yellow card was the Mark Ibarra. And it's like, we heard it. <laughs> we know. Um, so it's, yeah. yeah. And, and I, like, you know, I kind of liked it. Well, I, it, it, hold on real quick. To Liz's point, she just said it's absolutely fantastic for getting your local bar to put it on. So, like, yeah, that's 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 great as well. I think being able to play the games in bars, in local bars, when people are there, again, it's, it's another exposure thing. So um, real quick, Kev, before I'll go to you, I'll give one more shout out here to a Pittsburgh Sports all the time. I miss Matt and Paul. Just the passion yes. for the club was unbelievable. Yeah, we we absolutely second that as well. Thank you for, for the comments. Um, Kev, what were you, uh, what were you going to say? I know you were making a comment about like the, the background noise to me, oh. it just added the ambiance. I don't know. I liked it. <laughs> I, it just, you know, I'm looking at the stadium where, yeah, it had a lot of character and like, you know, the, the concrete and the whatever, you know, and this, it's windy and, go, and it's like, I like the idea of them just like in a winter coat, just like sitting there, like announcing the game, like bundled up and you hear a little bit of the background. Like, I don't want with a stadium that looks like that. You know, I don't want the greatest broadcasters in the way that makes sense. Like, yeah. no, they were good, but like, I don't need, you know, and Drake the, level audio quality. Like, like Drake level audio quality. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, okay. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> this actually brings up, kind of going back to Missing Matt and Paul, that was their announcers. Like, you could tell it was their yeah. announcers. They were and there. that made yeah. it better, even though the audio quality on that one guy's mic was bad like i feel like that's what was happening is the one person had a mic that worked and the other one didn't so they just had like a room <laughs> sound mic that was just like picking him up you know so it, it was very much like every time he talked it was like okay now i can hear the whole room <laughs> that they're in yeah i feel like the guy was like just behind him and he was yes. like shouting over it. It was <laughs> exactly <laughs> so it was really bad audio quality as far as that goes but you you got the personality of their announcers. And yeah. as much as I love having, you know, all the games playing on 22, the point, I do think we're losing something by not having our own announcers. Oh, for sure. And the fact that this is going on national or, you know, local television is kind of, it's good, but it sucks that it, they're not hearing our announcers when oh, it's a home so, game. Okay. So, yeah. so here, can you, can you guys just quickly lay out like, once again, I'm disconnected from this. So what it sounds like, I'm putting the pieces together, by having it on 22 The Point, we can't have our announcements. No, 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 no. no it has nothing to do with that. It has okay. nothing to do with that. It's basically, there's one stream of the game, and ESPN Plus will pick up the stream, and 22 The Point picks up the stream. Um, and so basically, whoever is doing the announcing, in our case, it's two guys sitting in Tampa, um, watching the stream, they they provide the play by play. That's what shows up on Twenty Two The Point. That's what shows up on on ESPN Plus. Um, but Kev, real quick, back to your point and Josh, to your point about having sort of that local flair. You know, Matt always tried to inject, you know, a little like hockey reference or baseball reference or football. Like you totally miss that. And 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 yeah. as much as we hate Homer announcers like you know as an away fan when you're watching a game on stream and you're here like the announcers kind of being like really on the side of the team that you're playing against like that's part of the joy like you know what i mean like you want yeah. that when you're watching the game for yeah. like your your own club and so when you just have you know disconnected 
announcers in Tampa who are just announcing every game that doesn't have local announcers. You don't get that. And it's, it's kind of sucks. Like I want like to have our, our team up, you know, in the booth and like giving the announcing and I know it's going to cost more money and I, I get it. And there is a lot of expense to like, kind of like shell out when you're, you know, trying to just keep afloat, especially right after COVID. But uh, yeah, we need it. Like it needs yeah. to come back at some point because it's just, it sucks not having, you know, our guys in the booth. Well, one of the things too, and I know we're already 48 minutes into the show and we just <laughs> danced all over this game. One of the things that I tweeted out during the game that I think that's becoming really unique about the USL is when you watch MLS or you watch some of these other big European teams, when you actually watch the game and you watch the stadium and you watch the fans, if you didn't know where the game was being played, you'd have a hard time knowing who the home team was versus the away team. And I think what's really unique is when you watch a game that is at Detroit city, if you didn't know it was Detroit city, you could guess it was probably a town <laughs> like Detroit. When you watch a game against the hounds because of the river, you could tell that it's Pittsburgh. You look at Tampa Tampa looks like it's in t Phoenix. Phoenix looks like it's from Phoenix. And so I think mm -hmm. that all of these stadiums, because of the size and because of the intimacy, the stadiums begin to reflect the community and the environment. And Josh, to your point, I think that the announcers are just a further extension of that. And so when you are watching a game that's being played in Detroit, it feels like you're not necessarily there, but you're getting a taste of Detroit while you're watching the game, regardless of where you're watching it from. And I think that's a huge miss. We, we, we've talked to, I don't know how many people online from all over the country that have said that, you know, Highmark stadium in Pittsburgh is on their bucket list of places to come visit. And I think that having local broadcasters to go with the view to go with what you see on TV just adds even more flair to draw more people to those games and to the team. So yeah, that was a crazy tangent that like <laughs> had nothing to do with it. Felt right. Okay. So, all right. Um, hmm. There was, there was a big question that I was going to end this game on. And now I, I think was going to say segue this Mike. Come on host. Yeah. Okay. You so got it. <laughs> all right. So, well, first of all, just real quick, I thought the ref had a really solid first half, second half, eh, not so much, um, kind of jinxed them. I do think that, you know, Lily sort of lamented the pen. I don't think you can like nitpick that too much because just a few minutes earlier, there was a clear handball from Dos Santos in the box, hand outstretched. That could have been a pen. So like, I know it's six to one, half dozen the other, but I'm also, you can't blame the loss on that game or you can't blame the draw on that play. Like we had our opportunities. We didn't take them. We walked out of Detroit with a point. I think that's a positive. We haven't lost yet. Um, I, I mean, I guess my, my, my final big question for this game is, are you guys happy with, I think we all wanted three points. But considering that we were able to get a number of our depth players solid minutes, some of them first substantial minutes in the league again, and it shows that Lily trusts a lot of these depth players, is it better that these guys got minutes and we got a point than if these guys did not get minutes and maybe we got three? I think I just talked myself into the latter. But I think it's really good that in my head I was like, I think – I think walking away at the point is more palatable because I know that a lot of these guys got minutes and fared well for their, for their first, you know, real minutes in the league. 
So, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, and it, it makes it more palatable. I mean, you still want the win at the end of the day, but I think right. the other thing for, for context, you know, the, this isn't, this isn't the premier league where you can lose twice and draw twice and then you can win the, like the conference or, you know, or finish first. Like we, there's some slack here. Like we yeah. can, we can draw games. Like we can, we can even lose games and that's okay. And we're and not going to lose think, this year, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> and so I think, I think going, yeah, going away to Detroit. And I think that's the, like, I don't know, to me, even though the second half wasn't ours, um, I, 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 from the position that we were in, especially in the first half, I didn't really see a realistic scenario where we lost this game. And like, I, right. I think the, pretty much the worst scenario was going to be was that we draw. And look, sometimes that happens, especially when you go, you know, go what you can't control everything, you know, and in other scenarios, we could have walked away at three points. I think we created enough to on another day, you know, walk away at three points, maybe on another day, the ref doesn't call that as pen, whatever. So, I mean, it wasn't like we just, we, we got a draw by the skin of our teeth and we walked away and we're like, whoo, like, you know, I, I thought with the players that started, um, you know, getting a draw away from home in those conditions and playing the way we did, absolutely fine for our aspirations of what we want to do this year. Josh, you okay with it? Yeah. Um, so here's my problem. <laughs> There's, There's certain no lead up. Just no. No. Okay. No. <laughs> the problem is we talk about the housing and put away games that they should win. And this is a game they should win, even away against a Detroit. Detroit is not a strong team in this league. And like, I know they have a lot of passion, a lot of heart, but doesn't mean they're a good team. Like, and like you need to get the points against the teams that, you know, you should get the points against. Like if we would have drawn a better team and like, Oh, we fought hard, you know, we, we got some minutes in there and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, this is a team that like, we need the points from these type of teams. So that way we have that cushion when we do play a team, that's actually good. Um, and that's just the you know the way it goes like so there's certain teams that we should be getting three points from and detroit's one of those teams and the fact that we didn't not good yeah i see now i'm i'm like split because i do our potential is that we should we should beat detroit like i think i think that's it but if you if you told me you know, going into this yeah, game, but we didn't no lose Dane Kelly, no, <laughs> we didn't lose Detroit. But if you told me going into this game, no Dane Kelly, no Alex Dixon, no Kenny Forbes to start the game, then I might be like, well, you know, maybe we should be looking at a draw. So, I, yeah. I think we, we should be looking for a draw. Like, even with the missing. Yeah. Like, I agree. And, and you can tell from this game, if you look at the statistics and all that kind of stuff, like they had like what one shot on target, not counting right. the PK, but they have right. one shot on target that like, this is a game you win even with that lineup. So the fact that we didn't win this game, eh. you're you, Josh, your wife just pointed out that we're analyzing this. Like we're six games in, it was the third game of the season. So <laughs> this is, this is very true. Um, yeah. So that's that is what we think about this game. Um, obviously, let us know what you think. We are going to overanalyze this to, to heck. Hey, Josh, let me ask you right now: is this is this the start of a rivalry? You were there. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, it, it's going to naturally be a rivalry just because of the closest team to us, and I believe yeah. we're the closest team to them as well. So it's like 
there's only so many teams you can travel to in this league, yeah. like especially, you know, in this area. So it's it's kind of like your pickings are slim. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that they were, I will say, well, that's actually one good thing about it, the draw. The fact that we didn't win and we didn't go in there and just completely clobber them is makes it a little bit easier to have a rivalry. Like if it's yeah. a one sided rivalry, it's not the greatest. We had that with uh with Harrisburg. It was it was a fun rivalry. We're like, hey, yeah, we're going to Harrisburg, but we always knew we we're gonna win. Like it was very, very few times we lost against them. The home opening for the stadium was one of those times, and that yeah. sucked. But <laughs> other than that, you know, we mostly always beat them. So it it, it is good to have a rival that you can actually kind of compete against and like it's not just all one sided. So yeah. There's It'll that, but I would rather get the three points in the rivalry. <laughs> For sure. It'll be interesting. Detroit travels to Pittsburgh on June 4th. So we'll see how many of their fans come. And um, the Mongols crew will be there minus Kevin. But like we're coming in, the Ashcrafts are coming in. So it's going to be cool. a big blowout party. We're going to have a good time. Um, guys, let's uh, let's talk. We're like basically out of time, but we're going to keep going anyway. Heck with it. Um Next up, we have Loudon at home on Saturday at 7 p.m. Um, I will point out that, you know, I sort of <laughs> I saw Loudon on the calendar and I was like, ah, cakewalk. It's a two team. <laughs> um, they are shockingly sitting on the same number of points as we are. Um, they've got seven. They beat Indy one nothing. They beat Red Bulls two three nothing. And they drew nil nil with Miami. Now, I think the key takeaways from that is they haven't let in a goal all season. Um, you know, say what you will about Indy or Red Bulls too, or even Miami, but to not let in a goal over a course of three games is pretty good. Um, they have 41 shots so far this season. We only have 27. So we sit here and we talk about like our vaunted offense and how we're so good. They have almost twice as many. Not, that's, that's exaggerating, but they have like two, they have like another third as many shots as we do. Um, <laughs> And they've also completed 200 more total passes than we have. And they are, they have the second highest passing accuracy in the league with 84%. We have 78% instead of 12. So all this to say, um, I don't think that Loudon is a team that we can necessarily look past. I mean, you can, you can sort of look at who they played, but you can also look at who we played and, and I, this is not going to be a cakewalk in the, I, and I know Kevin, you just messaged that we lost a lot last year, but like, I, I don't think this is going to be a cakewalk in the way that a lot of it's just going to be a, a cakewalk. Um, Josh, you and I were talking off air and you were like, yeah, but it's still loud. Like, are you worried about this game? I mean, I'm worried about every game, but that's the average Tonian. <laughs> but like, it's, it's also a situation though, where Loudon, it's hard to judge these teams so early in the season. And I do think the sample size right now, the quality of the samples that Loudon has played against is pretty bad. Like I think Indy very well could be the worst team this season, like even compared to other two teams and it compare makes that heart flutter to hear you say that. You right? That, right. I mean, Just, yeah. I would say that no matter what, let's be honest, but, uh, <laughs> and Red Bulls aren't the Red Bulls of the past. Like this is not like, you know, a team that looks like they're going to try to like compete for the championship. Uh, right. Red Bulls look pretty poor as well. So those two are kind of like, I can't really get too much from that. The Miami situation that that was surprising. The fact that they were able to stay scoreless against Miami, um, I, it's hard to know though for sure what to expect from Miami this year. So 
that's when it's like, okay, it's early, so maybe that doesn't mean as much as I think it means, but that is telling. And the fact that they haven't let in a goal, like that's that's good no matter who you're playing against. Like so, yeah. it's it's not going to be a cakewalk. Nothing ever is a cakewalk. I don't think in this in this league. Um, so yeah, uh, it's going to be a fun game, and I I do expect us to win though. Like this is another game where I think we should win. So it's it's not like I'm going in here like afraid, but I'm I'm not going to say like it's going to be a cakewalk. Kev, is this a trap game for you? Maybe, but it's just, it's so hard to tell from from this early in the season and from, you know, memory of what Loudon were last season. So, I mean, it sounds like they started off great, but I think just having to have to kind of measure the game by, you know, how I know the team of the Hounds, we're a good team, we're playing at home, so I, I would expect us to be the favorite team no matter who we're playing against maybe that gets, you know, borderline if we're playing Tampa or Louisville. But, you know, even even in those situations, I would expect us to be the favorites at home um, with the way we've played and the players that we have. So, I mean, it's it's a trap game in the sense that, you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm, you know, I'm sure Lily's going to be in, the, in practice in the dressing room and be like, guys, they haven't led in the goal this season. You know, they have seven points this season, just like you. They've, you know, you know, and they beat us last year. Like, but I think that contrasting with like the players are probably like silently thinking like, yeah, but they're loud. And, like, <laughs> so like it could be a weird mental kind of switch uh, for this game, but we'll see. I, you know, but I, yeah, I, I would still, still favor us. I mean, I, I could see one of a few things happening in this game. I could see it be where we come out and we score in the first 15 minutes and that like breaks their spirit. And then we just go bananas. Or I could see it being like a one, one draw where we like struggle and they're able to eke one past. And, and I mean, that's the thing I got to give credit to Detroit. I mean, I think they, they had a lot of the, you know, the the benefit of being at home and having this, the support behind them. But in some ways, I would say we came out and kind of killed their spirit in that first 30. And, mm-hmm. you know, a, a lot of credit to Detroit to bounce back the way they did. So I'm not yeah. saying that's going to be the case for Loudon because, you know, we're home and Loudon is not Detroit and this isn't their first season in the USL and they're not excited and blah, blah, blah. So, um, I don't think you have that passion when you play for a Loudon. You know what I mean? That's like true. I don't think the yeah. players are sitting there thinking like this is our club. I'm going to die for this crest. You know what I mean? They don't yeah. they don't have that going into this this game. They're all individually wanting to succeed because they want to further yeah. their careers and they they're seen as a stepping stone. So there's that individual drive, but you're not playing for the crest when you play for Loudon. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the interesting things about any of the two teams. If you go back and you watch them is you will see moments of brilliance where you have individual players that are trying to make a highlight reel so that their parent club will see them and potentially call them up. But as often as that happens, you have somebody that tries something that gets stuffed because they're trying to do too much themselves. It's not, it's not a team first mentality. So um, I will say based off of that comment, Mike, I mean, you know, just like it wasn't in the Detroit game, you know, a one nil. I mean, I guess you can say this about every, literally every team, but I was going to say a one nil lead is not safe against Loudon. I mean, that's how I think it's right. how we ended up losing or drawing last season. So we were one nil up away from home, and like one of the guys just hit a twenty five yarder in the top corner, and it was like, okay, <laughs> like that's yeah. without really threatening too much the entire game. So yeah, I mean, like they they have the players that can pull that out. And Steve just brought yeah. up a good point. I don't know if you want to bring that one up. Um, we do have a another game that same week. Uh, we do. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, on April 5th, we're hosting the Maryland Bobcats um, for uh, the U.S. Open Cup, um, which could impact team selection and mentality. I mean, I I can't Does anyone know about the Maryland Bobcats? Yeah, we scouted them. Steve, that's your assignment. I want you to go to, <laughs> go to the Maryland Bobcats practice and bring us back some uh, <laughs> some stats and like who their star player is. Um, well, I can't imagine. Streamed, too. Yes, yes, all those games are being streamed. Um, yeah, so we can watch that game for sure. Um, but that's after this game. Like, we, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, Steve just said, "Get over yourself, Mike." Um, so, <laughs> but that's after this game, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't envision that that game is going to impact the game selection against Loudon at all. Um, I think we're going to see a very similar lineup that we saw against Detroit against the Bobcats. I think so too. I will say that, yeah. and which might be why that selection was made for this game against Detroit was because you get know some minutes, yeah. get them some minutes before the Bobcats game. Yeah. All right, Josh, you were feeling rather confident about this one give us a score prediction yeah i mean i guess it also depends on who's on the field <laughs> um but i i do think this could be a situation where we see like a, a two zero uh i don't i'm not gonna you know predict three four goals um it's gonna be hard for me to predict that again for a while but uh yeah two zero kev i was gonna say two nil too yep i'm gonna say one nil um, and I hope that I'm wrong and that we get a few more. But I think if we get back to, to sort of the shot out ways, um, I'll be happy. And uh, yeah, I, I still I still don't see a game in which this team doesn't score. Um, th- there's just too much talent that like we're going to score at least one. So then it's just a matter of like, can we keep can we keep them from getting a pen? Um, and, you yeah, know, really. Which you know in the first three games has happened twice. So yeah. I'm just received. one zero games, one goal up games. My my, my can't crazy. handle that. Like yeah, yeah. I, I I'm you know my health. Think of my health. We we don't, try don't, to say that, Josh. And afterwards, you're always like, it's three points. I got the win. I don't care. It's yeah, okay. Like during the game when I'm like pacing <laughs> the stands back and forth and thinking, oh no no no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. Um, so that is what we think. Let us know what you guys think. Give us your score, score predictions uh, for the game. Let us know. Um, and we'd love to sort of circle back. And I always say we love to circle back and like, see if we got it right. We never go back and check. Like, I can't remember what I predicted for Detroit. I got Detroit right. Thank you very much. Listen, I, I was listening to uh, the One Kevin Aston Villa podcast that uh, that I follow. And because of the international break, which like international break is such a joke. But anyway, because of the international break, they went back and, and, and checked their score predictions from six months earlier. Can you imagine us doing that? Like going back to the beginning of the year and like playing back like this is who we thought our leading scorer would be. Or, like, <laughs> we thought Hartford were frauds. Oh, no, my goals are frauds. <laughs> Uh, we should just we need to stop um, we just need to end the show so i guess guys anything else from from either of uh either of you before we get out of here for this week i miss away games it's fun actually going to another stadium seeing it like it's it's been a while since we were able to travel for in mass in an away game and this is you know a lot of fun so hopefully we can do some more we're, we're thinking about loud in but again it's like it's at least like yeah, it's so disappointing to get allowed. <laughs> it's like, all right, we're going to go to a stadium in the middle of an airport parking lot. 
where you can't really do anything. You can't tailgate. You can't. There's nowhere close enough to like walk to a bar and walk back. Like it's just all meh. Well, really selling that are... game though. Yeah. So if we go, everyone should come <laughs> yeah. with us. <laughs> some people are going to Vegas too, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were just actually talking about that uh, in the Discord. Uh, flights are a little bit expensive right now, so if you haven't jumped on already, it's going to be a little bit of a uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, stretch to go. But it, it's Vegas. You can have fun. It's it's also Easter weekend, I think. So there, keep that in mind. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if that helps people or makes it harder for people to go, but uh, yeah. City of sin. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody. We're gonna we'll, we'll get you out of here. Weekly reminder: the Black Black Lives Matter. We are proudly part of the Beautiful Game Network which is home to more than 100 volunteer writers and pod local soccer. Help us all keep doing what we're doing. Head to bgn.fm and click on the donate button to help us cover our expenses. Um, we appreciate the support. I, I often forget to mention that we are a podcast. So for those of you who are watching live or for those of you listening for the first time, go to your favorite podcast player, click subscribe. You'll get all the shows as soon as they come out. And you'll get notified whenever we have like these in-between shows like Steve doing his interview with Ciceroni. So make sure you go check that out. Just look for Mongols in your favorite podcast player. Otherwise... Thanks, everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.